Good evening, campers, and welcome to Slow Motion Triple Feature, a podcast in which three friends watch three movies over the course of three weeks. Each month, a different friend will select a different triple feature for their friends to enjoy and discuss. Slow Motion Triple Feature is one of the many fine podcasts brought to you by the American Friend Institute. Kit, tell us a little bit more about that, love. (laughs) (laughs) The American Friend Institute is an organization that honors the heritage of the motion picture arts. We produce educational podcasts about film, including Adam Sandler, Life in Pictures, and have curated a jury-selected list of the 100 greatest films of all time. The American Friend Institute was founded out of our mutual disgust that The Exorcist was not on the American Film Institute's list of 100 greatest movies. It's also not on our list because no one nominated it. I think we all probably thought someone else would do it. So, no Exorcist, but Tommy Boy did squeak in at number 100. According to the American Friend Institute, Tim Burton is the greatest director of all time, and the three best films in cinema history all came out in a one-year period between 1981 and 1982, two of them starring Harrison Ford. Thank you, Kit. All right. You're welcome. So I'm your host. I think yeah. we I think we owe people <laughs> I think we owe people an explanation. Because okay. what? Well, we did like the first eight or nine episodes with that, and then you threw a hissy fit and we had to stop doing it. And now you want to bring it back. And I think people I think the the listener out there wants to know what's going on. I didn't want to read it every time. And now and you so- do? No, I'm going to read it at the beginning of every triple, and this is a new triple, so I was reading it. Well, when you put it like that, it makes a lot of sense. You it know, almost makes it seem like we don't need an explanation. I'm <laughs> I'm glad that uh, Andrew brought it up, though, because I had emails coming in as we were doing this, and I got one from four non-blondes, and they said, hey, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am your host, Mike Keller, and I'm joined today by my good friends, Kit and Andrew. Tonight, we are kicking off Kit's Secret Successes triple feature with 1983's Sleepaway Camp, directed by directed by, <laughs> direct, directed by Robert Hilt, Hiltzik. Uh, and Kit, I'm going to uh, have you kind of introduce your triple, if you would like, or maybe just talk a little bit about your selection of films. Okay, um, my triple is called Secret Successes. Um, these are movies that I unironically think are very good, very successful films, very well-made, um, interesting, psychologically similar, I'm realizing, um, and seemingly the rest of humanity does not agree that they are good movies, meaning there's a cult following for Sleepaway Camp, certainly, but I, but it feels like, to me, like people watch it like they watch a mystery science theater movie or something. Mm. Um, although there's a general acknowledgement that the ending is like accidentally very good. <laughs> um, but I think that sort of top to bottom, it must qualify as a good film, and I believe I am alone in that opinion. Um, 
And the other the other movies are Vampire's Kiss and uh, The Lone Ranger. Okay. The, you know, the regarding The Lone, Lone Ranger, Ranger, I go to Reddit movies uh, every now and then, mm-hmm. and somebody the other day wrote like a little, I didn't actually read it, but somebody wrote a little post saying, I actually think The Lone Ranger is a good movie. So. Thank, okay, I would love to read that. I'll have to look, I'll see if I can thinks. find it for you. Yeah, um, just FYI, those posts are, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> There's I a know. reason I didn't read it. It's Reddit. Right. Yeah, yeah, I usually <laughs> skip right past that shit. Yeah. But anyway. I'm just curious what they would list. Like, like why they liked it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might find a friend. They might have a new friend, and isn't that isn't that what it's all about? Well, American I can't friends. really, I can't really think of a shitty reason to like that movie. Do you know what I mean? Other than unless it's like I've never seen it. I think it's great that Johnny Depp played a Native American or whatever. Like, unless it's that kind of like reactionary thing, maybe. But I, you know, like like people who like Justice League. I'm like, there's a lot of bad. Re- <laughs> So, but I can't think of like why that would be a stupid Reddit take. Um, but I'm sure they'll find a way. Oh, yeah. Reddit finds mm. a way. <laughs> um, but OK. So I had seen this film before. Kit had seen this film before. Andrew, had you seen this film before? Yeah. I watched okay. it last year because Kit told me to watch it. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to watch it again, which was great. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. I saw it back in college. I, I'm. You know, I see pretty much every slasher I can get my hands on. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching this in the living room at a house we were renting. And all of us were like baffled, just like kind of like you said, like Mystery Science Theater. We were kind of just watching it. It was really bad. We were kind of making fun of it. And then the ending happens, which we should just say right away. We're going to spoil everything. Oh, and I also wanted to say, uh, yeah, so we're going to spoil everything. So tune out now if you haven't seen the movie. I don't know why you're here. Get the fuck out. Um, <laughs> this wouldn't be fun to listen to if you haven't seen the movie because you don't know no. th- like we don't speak in any sort of like order. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I I listened to the how did the, the how did this get made about this movie is what got me to watch it and listen and it was okay. extremely confusing but I did I, like it. I wondered why the hell you watched this movie because you're not a horror movie person at all. No. Um, but okay, I wanted to say up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that it can be sort of a tricky thing navigating what you what, how you refer to people and all this type of stuff. So in the movie, the character Angela is actually a male, uh, but her aunt has decided mm-hmm. to raise her as a girl. I will be referring to Angela as a girl throughout the podcast. Uh, we have no idea what her preferred pronouns or whatever would be. Mm-hmm. So just because it's easiest, because it's played by a woman, yeah. that's how I will be doing it. I hope that that's okay with everybody. That's how uh, I think of it too. Okay, cool. So yeah, just wanted to have, even say at that the end, the the like last line of the movie, which is brilliant, is <laughs> what does he say? Like he says, "She's he a says, boy." He goes, "How can it be? My God, she's a boy. She's a boy." <laughs> I know they're so love, nonplus. Like they clearly were not. Those <laughs> actors were so not looking at what we're looking at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because <laughs> what we're looking at is like like I and I told you guys yesterday so I was watching this after I started it after work and I hadn't eaten all day and I was like starving and Lee went and got takeout for him and his mom and he came into the room with like with my food as like just right in the midst of that last <laughs> shot and he brings my food and sends it to me and I'm or sets it in my lap and I'm like I'm going to throw up. I cannot eat this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you need to get this out of here. (laughs) Like, it's still, and like, that's why, and Mike, it was like, haven't you seen it before? I'm like, yeah, so it's fucking scary as hell. Did you, did you read about how they did that? Yes. 
Okay. I did not. I would be curious to find out. Well, what they did is to pull off the twist, uh, Hilt, Hilt, how do you say it? Hiltznick? Hiltznick, I think so, yeah. Okay. It sounds so close or, to being a slur that I don't want to say it wrong. Hiltzik. Uh, Hiltzik. No N. Yeah. Yeah. Hiltzik is superimposed an unmoving image of young Felissa Rose's face frozen in a rictus somewhere between horror oh, and joy. Don't do it. <laughs> onto a decidedly non-childlike muscular male body, resulting yes. in something undeniably non-human looking. It uh, is. It looks like a werewolf transformation. It. Is, I agree. That's a really good. Yeah. yeah it's very. It's because there's a lot of pubes. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's totally like... muscly body. Absolutely different body than we have seen her have the mm-hmm. entire rest of the film. Lots of hair, uh, and a wiener. I do. I do want to say that, like, watching it this time, I was like. The penis is does not register at all in terms of what scares me. Like yeah. the face and the sound. That's what scare that that is what is frightening. Yeah, like, sure. the growl. penis, psh, who gives a shit? It's like well, she's holding is she holding the, the boy's head also? Um no, it kind of rolls it. onto the ground. She's holding she a knife. rolled away. Okay. Because yeah, two descriptions I read of it said that she was holding the head, and then I was like, I don't remember that, but it's, I was looking right not, at the dinger. She was holding so. it in her lap earlier like earlier yeah in the, i in remember the that and then yeah. you find out it's like been severed because his, his body's laying at a certain angle yeah was, exactly. okay but before we start before we start going into the ending or the other notes i am curious for kit and this will be for this triple feature we'll have to do this for each episode could you make the case as to why you think that this is a secret success yeah i worked so hard too like i read so many um article like um I read a lot about like gender and sexuality and slashers yesterday and yeah. nice. um and I and I I know I have not I have not had the time to explain I I I have not been able to make my case as coherently as I would like to. But I think what I would say is like yes, I'm sure that part of why I love this movie is because it is one of my favorite things to be surprised by a shitty movie. Like (laughs) it, it is like, I enjoyed the cobbler, you know, because that ending was so batshit. I enjoy, um, love the Coopers is like the hardest I've ever laughed in my life at the ending of that movie. Um, I really like that. And I also really enjoy, there's something very pleasurable to me about things that are not, well done like I love watching Hallmark movies and then finding one actor who's doing a really good job like that is very fun to me okay however I think that this movie rises above that I don't I think first of all it's not the same kind of ending as like love the Coopers that ending's not trying to be funny it's hilarious on accident it's trying to be heartwarming Sleepaway Camp is a slasher movie. The goal is to be scary, and uh-huh. nothing scares me like that ending. Even though I've seen it multiple times before, every time I watch it, it like it made me want to throw up. Like it's so, it, and it made me very like freaked out for like the next couple of hours of just uh-huh. like this. I so on that level, I think it's a success. I think if it's a scary movie, and and the reason one other reason is its success it well there's multiple i think but like along those lines the fact that the movie is incompetent 
makes that ending scarier. Yeah. So it's not like the super silly ending of the cobbler makes you go back and go, huh, I guess actually the preceding movie like enhanced that. It's like it's just it's just like, oh, it becomes a different movie at the end and it's very stupid and and funny. Like, yeah. but this is like because it seemed like this would not this movie would not be able to end up scaring me and then it scares me so like that's kind of one way that horror movies are scary is like to shock you and yeah. because the first ha- the first you know 90% of the film is doesn't seem like anyone's in control of it the fact that they pull off like one of the most iconic endings in horror is like makes it a better ending. So I yeah. feel like, well, then I can't say that the preceding movie was bad because if the movie was better, maybe that ending wouldn't be so scary. <laughs> like if they had been sort of effectively scaring me or doing a really good shower scene or something, you know, up to that point, then I think the ending would be less shocking. I also just think genuinely that the. <sighs> There's other things. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. That just, I don't understand. Like, you're you're saying that the movie had to be bad in in order for the movie to be good. Therefore, the bad movie is good. Uh, Yeah, I think that the, I think that the (laughs) clumsiness of the first part of the rest of the film makes that ending more shocking. I I genuinely think it wouldn't be as scary. Yeah, I think I kind of agree. Um, and what it makes me think of is the first time I watched uh, Saul, um, the first Saul movie. It's pretty by the books. It's really it's not very good. And then at the end, there's a big there's a twist, and it caught me off guard because I was like, I didn't realize that there was a mind behind this movie smart mm-hmm. enough to do that. Um, right. But I think you're right. Like in a scary movie, it really like one scene, and this is an iconic ending. Like this is an iconic mm-hmm. scene. Uh, so yeah, if you get one of those, like you at least made a decent movie in, in this genre, especially, um, but yeah, in this, it's very genre specific that, you know, the horror, the horror film, like it's good if it scares you Mm -hmm. in this movie scares me, maybe unlike any other movie that I allow myself to watch. (laughs) So yeah, see, and that's like, so I knew this, this is only the second time I'd seen it and it's been like, what? When did I finish? So like t- f- f- 10 years, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I knew how it ends this time. I don't think I did the first time I saw it. I just knew that like, oh, I like slashers. I'll check it out. Um, watching it this time too, I think for as bad as the movie seems and in some ways is, um, there are like littered throughout the film, there are kind of like, clues as to what's coming and like you kind of see it I, I don't even know it's not even like the twist is oh she's a boy like the the i think what you're saying makes this the secret success is like there's the twist but then like the image before you yes. is so terrifying that yes. like it really it lands you and like i when i watched it with my friends and stuff like that we were already we were all making fun of it like throughout the, the movie up to that i don't even think we were paying close enough attention to like pick up these little uh, you know, clues that the direct- like it just seemed like a bunch of crazy nonsense, and um, then at the ending, I remember it's all just being like I wouldn't say everybody was like scared necessarily, but everybody was like put off or just kind of grossed out or mm-hmm. um, disturbed or unsettled, and like that's the point of the genre. Like that's sort of uh, yes, what it's all it about. Ruins so ruins your day, like yeah, <laughs> like 
And it does, totally. And I think, and I also think, honestly, like, peppered throughout the film, like, there's the scene where there was a specific, I think it's also very smart that I think this movie can scare you, like, there. there's levels of sort of the... Um, psychology that it's working on it's like okay like a kind of i don't want to use the word like a, a kind of like gender confusion element which is is endemic the right word that is like the basis of slasher films it's been in there you know since like psycho peeping tom texas chainsaw massacre like especially like the kind of most respected slasher films mm -hmm. like i think Sure. Gender confusion is like an element of it. Obviously, like homosexuality, like yeah. ho like is a, is, but then also just being a teenage girl or probably a teenage boy. Like I think of it from the perspective of a teenage girl. But like the part where the girls are picking her up and gonna put her in the water. Mm -hmm. Like at that point, I mean, it's hard to cast myself back to when I didn't know what the reveal was gonna be, especially since I listened to a podcast about it, so I knew what the I knew what the ending was before I watched it. Yeah. But when they're picking her up and they're gonna throw her in the water, like I guess you think that she's scared of the water because she witnessed her the death of her father and brother. But sister, I didn't even. Sister, yeah. but, <laughs> but thinking thinking about that, I'm like, what's it? That scene is extremely unsettling and uncomfortable to me because I think about like when I was 13, if someone and I didn't want my body to be seen, or I was like extremely insecure about my body mm -hmm. and like like just all like the worst thing that you know like all of those things of like having to like change or nobody did this when I by the time I was in high school but like I would like change in a bathroom stall like at you know during PE or like I if the idea of having to like appear in a bathing suit in front of like guys in your class like all of these this like just the general horror of being, I guess, a teen girl specifically, but I do think it kind of applies to teen boys as well. And it's, like, interesting that, like, the boys in this movie are all dressed like total sluts. Like, they have, like, their sh their shorts are shorter, their shirts are shorter, their clothes are tighter. Even the, like, hot girl in is not, like, really exposing her body very much in this movie. Yeah. Like, all the girls are wearing much looser clothing, like, much less sexualized clothing. And... So just the basic, like, all of the way that people, like, there's no way for her to be right. Either she's gay, that would be wrong. She's a boy, that's wrong. Or she's a girl without breasts and pubic hair, and that's also wrong. So it's right. like, there's nothing, that, like, she's going she's gonna to get made fun of for any, there's so many ways for her body to be wrong. And basically, like, that element of the movie I think is really honestly like kind of well done and kind of sophisticated, at least like the way that the, the movie presents like being a teen girl or just being in a teenage body uh -huh. a, or like a preteen body is horrifying even before you get to like the twist ending. Plus, I love all the like Freudian things like the the flashback of the kids seeing two men kissing and then sitting on the bed and it keeps like superimposing the image of one child over like the male yeah, child cool. over the female child and all that. And it's like, I'm not arguing that this filmmaker had a strong grasp of what he was doing or knew how to frame a shot or anything, but 
if intent doesn't matter in a good movie, then it also doesn't matter in a poorly made movie. And w- even if <laughs> he didn't intend to make a movie as smart as it is, this movie is fucking smart. Like the result is smart anyway. And that's kind of beautiful <laughs> to me. <laughs> you can make a good movie by accident. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. All right. Well, Andrew, uh, let's. You don't seem to be super hot on the film. What are some of your thoughts? Guys, I fucking hate this movie so much. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I really hate it. Um, now, That's fine. Look, That's fine. I'm I, not a huge fan. I, I, I agree the image at the end is very striking. And on this, seeing it for the first time, I, uh, while knowing the ending, I it was actually a much more enjoyable watch than the first time I watched it. But I still had to watch it over the course of four days because I couldn't handle more than like 15 or 20 oh, wow. minutes. Yeah, I really don't like this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that there is some sort of like grasp and intent leading up to this image. Like it's not just thrown in there. Um, but the wrapper of this movie is so fucking bad. Like the all of the all of the other horror elements are not scary. And they're not fun either. You're uh, not scared by, like, rape by uh, curling iron? I'm not scared of things. That scares sh- the shit out of me. I'm not scared. <laughs> so let me, let, me, let me say two things. One to your point and one to mine. I'm not scared of, I'm not scared of every single action being shot in an uh, insert. Uh, I will say that, like, the, the curling iron scene, and there was one other, I think it's, Basically, there was like this kind of like this kind of classic horror thing they would do with the hands coming in front of the camera. Um, And I thought it was cool when they did it in the silhouette uh, during the curling iron rape scene. And Nosferatu-y. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's cool. That's kind of like gothic and 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 fun looking. But it's not like it's not terribly scary. Um, But and I thought, you know, I thought occasionally there would be some cool. Like the dude who got the boiling water spilled on him and like uh-huh. his face is like boiling, mm-hmm. like it's nasty. And that looks pretty good. But the acting is so horrible that I want, it's like I, I kept asking myself, is this a choice? And if it's a choice, I kind of hate it more. Um, I'm not a fan of bad movies trying to be bad. And I'm not a fan of bad movies just well, being bad bad and then being celebrated because they're bad um, they were definitely trying to make a good movie okay well that's great i i pre- then i appreciate that i appreciate the effort of anybody going out and trying to make a movie um but yeah watching some of these 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 acting beats were just it's it's like fun for like five minutes and then it's like it just becomes nails on a chalkboard to me I think Angela gives a good performance. Sure, but she also has. I no won't lines. say she's a good. Yeah, but like she did a. She really did what she was asked to do. Like in just like staring in a very unsettling way, and then sure. when she speaks, like I think she was probably the best performer in the movie. I think that's a very low bar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, in like one of the things that. I, I love like the like the flashback sequence. I thought that was super cool looking, even though it still kind of looked like shit. Um, I liked, you know, who I did love. I love the the muscly camp, camp counselor with his like. I loved dick him too. On, dick yeah. on full display the whole movie. The 
only yeah the only like possibly the only character in the movie who's not just aggressively a jerk like everybody in this movie is so hostile and like quick to be like There's an right. asshole. They gave you one male counselor and one female counselor who isn't a jerk, and right. that's the two who like discover Oh, that's them. true. Yeah, and she's she's not in a ton, but there is that one female counselor. Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the act, and then and then just to, I already kind of said this, but just like the actual like horror elements of this movie mm-hmm. are <clears throat> perhaps the most mishandled pieces to me, um, other than. You know, when they would give us some, you know, shot of the makeup effects, which seems to be where they spent the most. I think care. The make, like, even when they uncover the guy in the boat, the bee stings, like all the makeup effects. I mean, to me, a wimp like were like I, thought, I did not want to look at them. They were very yeah, sure. gross. No, I think that relative to the rest of the movie, the corpses like look good. Yes. Like, in a good movie, you know, they would look bad. But in a, in this movie, yeah. they look good. And, well, but, but I don't know. I don't know about that. I think. The the bee sting corpse doesn't really make sense because he's only just been yeah. stung by those bees, yet he's been like, you know, chewed on, it looks like. Um, but like the the so the guy that dies when she pulls him under the boat, like when he's got the snake coming out of his mouth, like it doesn't Yeah. I've I have seen a lot of early eighties slashers and like relative to a lot of those, it looks I would say good to uh good to I don't know, better than good. Not it, great. It looks like wax it, to me. But right. But I mean, like it's they're creepy looking like the blood. I don't know. I, yeah, it's to me. I think that those are the most professional looking things about anything in this movie. I think those those I, corpses. I think the dude who gets the boiling water on his face and then mm-hmm. as he's screaming and they actually show his face, they're like a, a like you see a kind of like pustule form that yeah. to me that to me is the that that uh, six frames of film is like the the best thing in the movie in terms okay. of visuals um and then i think also i i think the the counselor who got psycho stabbed in the shower uh i thought like mm-hmm. the look of her wound at the end like when they actually show her wound i thought that uh-huh. looked, that looked pretty cool because it's just like okay. kind of like it's like it's clear that like the blood's been kind of drained and it's just it looks like uh somebody would at like the morgue or something like it's kind of right. like bruised and Anyway, we don't have to describe the wounds in great detail, but it is each win. It is it is nasty. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's just I want to see things happen, and uh-huh. like it's 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 unfortunate. Like it's like I understand you have to kind of like conceal things. Like part of it is part of the mystery is not being able to see who's doing it, but the way they do it is in such a it's 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 in such a fearful way to me like we're afraid that if we pull the camera back another six inches to give context and and have uh i don't know i i just it's it it, it's like it's not a comedy so why is the shot reverse shot of the b scene uh the stick and the dude's underwear around his ankles while he's sitting on the toilet you know what i mean like that's not the idea of being powerless in a toilet is scary, but then the execution completely subverts that and makes it not scary, right? Right. So anyway. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think I, let's see. I'm, I guess I'm maybe a little, bit, a little bit in the middle of where you guys are at where like looking at this guy's 
filmography. This was the only movie he made until like 2007 when he made a sequel to it. Uh, because I think by then the cult was starting to you right. know, make it possibly profitable to do like a straight he video. A, he was an NYU grad student when he made the movie. Okay. Okay. So yeah. And so I don't know if he was like a longtime aspiring filmmaker and this was going to be his way into the industry or if it was just mm-hmm. like, like at this point in time, like this was 83. So you got Halloween, I think mm-hmm. in 79, you got Friday the 13th and 80. And there's just like this huge, we all know this. There's this huge wave of slasher movies. Like every holiday, uh, every type of killing, like every type of killer, it gets covered. And like, I feel like this was probably a person who saw that. That's easy money, potentially, yes. if you can get it made. And then they exactly were like, what he thought. yeah, like I've got this idea that's going to be a twist that will get people into theaters. Like it'll get people talking and people will come see it. And like it, it made a decent amount of money. Um, can I say one more thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, no, I do. Good. I do want to like. I do want to say that like I, everything you called out about the gender stuff and like the 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 stuff about just being uncomfortable in your own body and not being able to like reveal yourself and being terrified by like I, holy moly, like I got it. And uh, yeah. like like when they're dragging her down to the water, other than the fact that it looks like she's uh, hitting the girl who's dragging her down there with marshmallows. Um, the, the, the actual act of it is, is horrifying. And like, I, I've been through experiences that are similar to that. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I, I, boy, do I get it. I just, I have to believe that there was a way to do all that and to, and to have that ending be what it was. And for the rest of the movie to have been good. I have to believe that out there somewhere, someone could have done that. Yeah. I, I, it, it's, it's. I don't I don't like the idea of giving in to oh the movie had to be bad in order for the ending to be what it was. See, I, don't I think, it I, think had I wouldn't to. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going I was going to say I think the way that I'm in the middle is I'm you know or the kind of between where you guys are at that is that I don't think the movie was trying to be bad. I think it was an outsider first-time filmmaker who was trying to make a quick buck off of what he thought would be a really good twist. And I do think that there was, because like I've seen lots of movies by weirdos that never made another movie. And like, (laughs) there's like, (laughs) there's like a certain, like it's hard to make a movie. Like, like you've gone to school for it, you know, and back in the day, like there was all sorts of, you know, machinery and all this type of stuff that it was. And I mean, people were also maybe just less familiar with movie making. So like, I can totally see how this is a guy who like had a handful of good ideas, wrote this script, thought they were putting together something that was probably going that in their mind, it was probably going to look like a Friday the 13th. Yeah. But because of, because of talent and budget constraints, we end up getting something that looks much more like the more forgotten slashers of the same era. Some of which are really good. And some of which are just total, you know, slogs. Um, so yeah, I think the mind behind it was probably fully capable, just not of making a conventionally good movie. And I, when I watch this movie, I don't enjoy this movie pretty much at all. Um, it's not my kind of a slasher movie, but I do think it's not a so bad, it's good kind of movie, but it's not, it can't, it's not thoroughly bad because that ending sticks with you. And even if it doesn't like totally shock or terrify you, like it clearly does some people. And like, so yeah, it's, it's more of, I view it more of as like 
like a weird, maybe like a, an experimental film as opposed to like putting it That's, on the spectrum of like a good horror movie versus a bad yeah. horror movie or something. Yes. If that makes I sense. object to, I object to the so bad it's good way in which this movie seems to be remembered. And honestly, I think there are people, I'm not the only person who sees the movie this way. I looked up some articles. I was trying to look up like, how is this movie regarded in like the, you know, trans community? And I oh, read yeah. some reviews by like trans people who really like it and like collect memorabilia from it and all you know, like, uh-huh. and I, and like I said, I'm like, I'm not trans. I'm just like someone who was a teen girl once. And like, I, I think it's, I, I agree with you. I think Mike, that like, it's not that someone couldn't have made a better version of this movie that had an ending that still hit as hard, right. but I do think it would be tricky if the movie took itself more seriously or was better for that ending not to feel like it was patting itself on the back more. Like there's something lovely about the fact that they came up with, I mean, to my mind, someone not not a horror expert at all have not seen a lot of slasher films. Like, I think this is the best ending of a movie in any genre that I've ever seen. And I'm glad that there's like, it's not self-congratulatory at all. Like even like, I love the end of um, the thing, like the thing. I love that movie. I mm-hmm. think the ending is great, but you know, they also, they definitely know their ending is great. <laughs> like, like they, you know, like they, which doesn't, it doesn't lessen the, it doesn't lessen the efficacy of that ending, but like this ending, like, I don't know if it adds to like the primal nature of it or something. The fact that it's not being presented to me as like, isn't this like a brilliant kind of like Freudian image we're showing you? Like, uh-huh. like that, that, <laughs> that they don't, that there's not a self-awareness of how horrifying or why. I think it adds to the feeling of like, there are no answers. Um, that is like interesting. That is interesting because I do think that the the earlier images, like with the two of them on the bed, I do mm-hmm. think those are presented in that way. Like I think that that because mm-hmm. it's it's totally surreal. I the way it's yeah shot totally feels like absolute patting on the back. Okay, but it's, so you- but it's like. I don't know if like, don't you, I, I, I honestly don't know. And I don't want to like, just because it's from, you know, 40 years ago, be like, well, they were probably, those are probably homophobic images or what like, but I know that a lot of like slasher films at that time, like were kind of banking on like, like gayness is weird and scary sometimes mm-hmm. for like, like or, I or- guess I'm thinking like, like that. Like, so many of those movies just, like, are based on a fear of sexuality of, like, many different kinds, it seems like. Like, women's sexuality, gayness, like, um, just, like, kind of, like, somewhat, like, conservative in their, you know, like, if people have sex, they get killed. Like, if, you know, all of these. Well, the general line on, with, like, slashers and gender sexuality is that there's that like the Reagan era morality Mm -hmm. of teenagers going out having sex and then having violent consequences to that. Um, And it's been a long time since I've seen a lot of the 80s slashers, but I don't know that 
gosh, and I'm probably, I, there's probably some glaring example that I'm missing, but like, I don't know that like homosexuality, cause the, the only other, oh, okay. The only, I can't think of anything that ta- goes too deep into like homosexuality, whether that like being weird or scary or anything. And then I know that, uh, 19, I think it was 1980, might've been the same year, 83, uh, uh dressed to kill was mm-hmm. oh, yeah. uh, was something that people got really upset about um, because they felt that it was presenting uh, transsexual people as mentally ill and dangerous, like homicidal maniacs. Wow, that's interesting. What's that? that I, that's interesting. Yeah, and but but other than that, I don't. I think it was more just. I think that the the general line, as far as what I'm familiar with, is that uh, these movies were critical of sexuality, but like like conventional teenage heterosexual, you just promiscuous promiscuity more than mm-hmm. like any sort of, uh, uh, differences from the, there, I read, a, I read a lot of stuff. It didn't, I didn't go into it, but it was like talking about how the final girl being like butch or um. more like having a boy's name being less fem, which isn't necessarily about homosexuality, but it's about like femininity. I just think there's, I think there's different aspects in there. I think there's like AIDS and like all these things. Like, like that's just like one of the like main, (laughs) like sub fears of the eighties, I guess, like has to do with sexuality and, and changing, um, gender roles. But what I, but what I want to say is like when I, I feel like, part like when they're showing the dads together mm-hmm. like or two men i guess they're not both dads necessarily but I, I at least as when i watch the film now i don't see it at all as a condemnation like it doesn't feel like it's presenting me with a no. scary no. image it's presenting me with an image well, that would be confusing to children and it and if- kind of could go ahead if I remember correct, that that flashback plays after she's on the beach with the boy that likes her. But mm-hmm. for her, and you know, I didn't realize this the first time I saw the movie, but watching it this time, like she knows that she's a boy. Yes. Um, and so for her, that's a homosexual thing. And so right. it seems like she's uncomfortable with that, like she's not into that. But then it flashes back to her seeing her dad and this other fella doing that. Mm-hmm. And so there's some sort of uh, thread right. of. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But but, but the, con- yeah, the complexity of that moment is like that's incredible to me that like yeah the and I and I like that the movie doesn't give you answers to it that we don't really get a like that's the most insight we get into like what Angela is feeling or thinking like we don't she's we don't learn a whole lot about what her experience is like we have to yeah. kind of and maybe that's part of why. It is a. It does have some following in the trans community. Is that like the movie really requires you to say, well, what if I was in, like, <laughs> what? Like the only way we can kind of access like Angela's experience is by putting ourselves in it and being like, well, gosh, what if I was forced to be like raised as a boy and then I'm like, I've I'm like been raised as a girl. I'm like a teen girl at this point, but I'm attracted to a boy which like that makes sense to the extent that i have like adopted this identity but then if i maybe i'm gay like all of the like how like confusing and and uh 
like dissociative like that experience would be and then she has this like memory of of her father and his lover which is but it does seem like I don't think that the image of like the two men in bed together is presented as like this was a traumatizing experience for her like they react the way that like they react in a way that seems normal for children and like they happen to be two men but like it could have been a man and a woman and then when they're reenacting it they're a boy and a girl the kid's reaction to it and then the way it's presented, I think don't don't uh, it's not like, you know, check out this like wild, crazy, damaging, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flashback. But it's honestly I like do a think sweet image like they in yeah. a way. And I think there might even be like soft music playing. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. OK. But yeah. But I think that I could see how this being a thread of her overall mental right. unease. uh could be in a way putting making that scene. I think I mean I think somebody could interpret that as it being a negative thing in her upbringing. Yes. But I don't think it's presented as such and I don't know that we necessarily know that she thinks that. So I think you could go you could probably go either way. I don't know. I don't know to get too much into that scene. But yeah, I hear what you're I, or yeah. I well, you're and I think and I mean another reason that I think the ending works so well is like I and I I don't know how other people experience it, but like I, what I feel in addition to like just fear at the, like that image, I think why it's scary is like, it's like empathy. Like it, that is like the primal scream of a child. Uh-huh. I'm not scared of Angela. Like the horror is at like what has been done to yeah. her, but like, I don't, I don't even think of her as a or him or you know Angela as a murderer like in a way it's like it doesn't like when you realize this it doesn't like without pre-analysis like just the experience of watching the ending like I feel sad for her like I don't view her as a killer I don't view her as like a scary monstrous murderer like Obviously, that is in there. I guess that's why it's a scary. That's why it's a scary image. But like the revelation that Angela is the one that has been doing this doesn't make you go, you know, grab the pitchforks. It makes you go, right. Oh, that's fucking sad. Well, and, right. and also just like the way they come upon her. Right? She's like she's yeah cradling this the the head of her the love interest, um, who is sort of you know in this in. in you know, sort of how she's sort of forced to become what, you know, what they view her as at the end of mm-hmm. the movie. Like, throughout the course of the movie, he's also forced, sort of, to become what, you know, what what leads uh, her to kill him in the end. Um, you know, he seems like a pretty nice dude to begin with, and then just peer pressure, and also just the expectation, I think, of what... How he should perform. Like How he should perform. As a boy, yeah. You know, just like yeah. the precedent that is set by every other character in the movie. Um, yeah, you don't really know where peer pressure ends and where the person begins. But that's a really good point. That like everyone in the camp is being turned into a monster by like whatever the expectations are for like how they should behave and mm-hmm. by like by peer pressure and things like that. Like I really like all the scenes of just watching boys 
do things like watching boys play baseball and watching them wrestle and like the to me, sit up with the butt thing. What the most classic like that's something boys would do activity was when they're on the roof of one of the yes. cabins just throwing water balloons. I was like, yeah, I could absolutely see. Right. That. And it's like none of all of that is like normal. And I wouldn't say that it's like the. it's certainly not going like. Con, you know, condemning. It reminded me of Kenny and Company, honestly, where yeah. it's just like boys doing stupid stuff, but cast in like the light of a horror film. And since our kind of protagonist and villain is the same person, the kind of casual cruelty of the boys, and then it's of a different ilk with the girls, it like is heightened to like, like, you know. Every single moment of the film is like at least horrific on like a social level. <laughs> like everyone's so awful and horrible. Um, and yet it to me, it doesn't. I mean, yes, the performances are bad. It's but like thinking back to like when I was in middle school, like, yeah, that everyone's at their fucking worst. Like yeah. they're horrible. Like 13, 14 year old kids are like the worst people on earth. And I include myself, and I was pretty nice. But no, like, I was that's, awesome. That's 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 when I was definitely was cool. at my worst as a person. I would say, yeah. Um, like, I just that's all. I don't know. I I just the kind of like I said, the casual cruelty of being a child at that age, and how every everyone's just acting out of like profound insecurity constantly yeah. um and trying to take down other people before they somebody takes down them like it's so kill or be killed um thank you and this like sensitive quiet person trying to navigate it and like really like she's like frankenstein i think mm -hmm. like yeah She's kind of not responsible like you know, everything she's doing is bad but that's yeah, interesting that you said that cuz i was just thinking like her her aunt who basically takes this boy mm -hmm. and makes it raises it as raises him as a girl um like she's very flamboyant and like very mm -hmm. like out of place in this movie in a way like that no other character is like that not just like she's extraordinary i mean yeah she's very colorful but she's also just like the way she's acting is very but like she's almost like a you know universal style yes. mad scientist kind of thing. Yeah. That's interesting that you would, yeah. Well, there's there's Under a whole, there's a, not to jump too far off what you guys are talking about, but like there's a whole movie that happens before this movie even really starts, yeah. or, or just like even between the opening scene and the rest of the movie. Like at the beginning of the movie, the two dudes are, they're talking about, there's like this whole thing they make out of a doctor coming to see them. And it's like, what's that about? Does that have something to do with, sexual reassignment I, I don't know mm -hmm. um but it just it just in the context of the rest of the movie it seems like there was something already happening and then maybe i don't know if it's like one of the dudes is trying to turn into a woman and then died and then somehow that sparked some some sort of there's a lot of stuff i mean i think that that was the doctor that that is the woman who adopts them. It's very confusing. Yeah, okay. It is extremely I confusing. Think well, it's a, it's possibly aunt. yes, Aunt Martha. Okay. Yeah. But I'm think I'm what what I've always wondered is is the other guy who's not the father to the kids is that Aunt Martha's husband? 
Oh, okay. I it's and you're never going to get that answer. Like it's very unclear, but but there's a lot of gender confusion at the beginning like where the dad calls both the kids fellas even though one of them is a girl ah, um, I didn't catch that the, they, when he's saying like the doc Dr. Thompson is coming and then which like you know by default you'd kind of be like a man is coming <laughs> because you know the doctor is not a woman uh -huh. um, but then the the boy child says like oh Aunt Martha like there's and that like um, uh. the boy's you know the boy's name being Richard I guess and then like I was right. what the aunt is wearing in that scene she's always wearing like red and blue like her outfit is composed of red and blue and yeah. then when they go when the two kids go to pick up their bags for camp like Angela's is blue and the boys is and and uh, Ricky's is red um also just like I think of a piece of that is like the way the men are just dressed at way more like sexual objects in, yeah. throughout the movie which like maybe that's just like the convention of the 80s I mean like Johnny Depp's wearing like a little See, half shirt in no, Nightmare on Elm Street it's deliberate because like okay. there's there's I've seen like early 80s movies where there's like some of that and you're like, boy, look at the short shorts on that fella. But like, I think you're right. Like the scene where they're playing baseball, which there's no point to that scene. There's like a three minute scene where they play a baseball game. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But like the main jock, like older camp counselor mm -hmm. or whatever he is, uh, he is like, yes, it's it's. I mean, his his he's very clean clothes, but they're like very short shirt. He's bearing his midriff. He's got the jean shorts. And then on top of that, like most of the other guys are wearing like shorts or like they're we see lots of male butts in this movie, like well, from see, the from the prank yes. where they get the kid to hit him in the face. And the girl's just standing there watching. Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's and that's uh, you were talking. That's OK. So sorry. I'm getting points confused. But that mm -hmm. point Andrew made earlier and then that you kind of you talked about as well, like the pressure to perform as a gender uh, mm -hmm. on all of these kids like the I, like I, I sort of just was like man everybody's really hostile in this movie but mm -hmm. like the part where they're like come on go skinny like the guys are like trying to get the girls to go skinny dipping uh, skinny dipping with them um, she, she, the girl's like nah and then the guy mm -hmm. immediately is like fuck you and fuck all of you none of you know how to have any fun come on guys let's go and they all get naked and they like jump in the lake um, but uh, anyways I'm getting a little messy okay, confused or whatever but um, but yeah I think the more we've talked about it, there's definitely lots of stuff that I think probably was deliberate, but mm -hmm. I do still agree with Andrew's general sentiment that this movie is, as a movie, incompetently made. I think we all kind of agree like that. Uh, but just on a, I guess that would be a script level, there's these details and like there's yes. there's careful writing. It makes you wonder. This. Sure. It What's makes that? you wonder how much of it is like put how many of these themes are placed there intentionally? And then also, like, the question that I come back to is, like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like, the movie is what the movie is, regardless mm -hmm. of what people are intentionally doing. Like, you can say objectively that, like, the person shooting this did not know how to frame things. Like, mm -hmm. that is, like, I think you could, like, objectively claim that. <laughs> like, they didn't yeah. know how to shoot a movie. Yeah. But I don't think you can say whether they had, like, because... The weird thing about those scenes is like on the one hand, it stands out to you how the men are shot and dressed and it is of a piece with like, like you say, like this person, maybe they were thinking like, what's a twist on the slasher genre that I could do in order to get traction? But whether, which was basically like, what if the final girl and the villain are the same person? Mm. Like, but which is, that's very, a very brilliant 
twist, I think, as and kind of er- early-ish in the genre to be, you know, coming upon that kind of idea. And of a piece of that with that is that the bodies on display, like I, I think, again, not an expert on slasher films, but many of them border on pornography (laughs) like yeah that it's also like showing you titties and showing you women in like tight clothes and um you know letting the audience like revel in the nudity nudity and the sex and then punishing the characters (laughs) for doing the same thing whereas in this movie like the bodies on display are are men's bodies and there Mm -hmm. even seems to be some kind of aware at the same time it rings true like that scene where the boys all go skinny dipping i'm like that reminds me of being an adolescent and like yeah sitting on the sidelines watching my guy friends in their underwear in a pool playing chicken together i'm like being a teenage boy is extremely gay it is all it's (laughs) also interesting how kind of sexless this movie is and and, and not and anything that is like sexual isn't really vilified in the same way as it is in other horror movies, which I didn't really think about. Um, I don't know. Well, no. they, I think in the sense that it's not kids go off to the woods to bang and then get killed. Yes. But <laughs> I think that, I mean, the girl who dies in the shower is gearing up to go get with like the really old camp owner. Yeah, that's I didn't not, understand that. I was that like, was she's weird. setting up some kind of ruse, surely, she, right? She could do better. Um, <laughs> she was the prettiest girl in the movie. I know. She's gorgeous. <laughs> so, but then also, there's a definitely but that's not a sexual... why she was killed. No, she was killed no. for partying up with Judy. But that brings us to Judy's death, which is definitely a punishing sexual death. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know exactly what happens to her, but we believe that a curling iron She's was penetrated by a hot curling iron. Yes, that, but yeah. I don't think I don't think Judy is is killed that way because she is uh like I don't know an insatiable whore. Like she's. Oh, I, I think she is. She, I don't. That's yeah. all. I think that's all put it put on though. I think it's all a performance. She's the most. She's kind of the alpha girl though. I mean, like mm-hmm. she's supposedly the most attractive girl in the camp. She, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she's very like you know. There's like always that. I don't know. I don't know what the phrase for it is, but like the. I don't know, the alpha girl who is like bullying the other girl who doesn't fit in, and like all the other mm-hmm. girls kind of defer to her. Mm-hmm. It's something I remember from school. It's also classic, like a movie trope. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, I think like I mean, she pretty much dies. I mean, because she a- anybody who I mean, and then like the pedophile chef at the beginning, he's trying to I think have some kind of sex. I don't know if it's a blowjob or whatever. He's gonna rape a little girl. Yes, <laughs> he's trying to rape a little girl. Yes, and so like there's That's a little there's di- that That's a little different. But, no, it is. It is. That's the thing, though. I think that. There's a lot of sexual discomfort and uh, scorn in this movie, as there is in a lot of 80s slasher movies. But I think this one, it twists it. it, There's a Mm -hmm. twist on it each time that I mean, is present in some slasher movies before this. Like they because I mean, pretty much from the beginning, they're playing with the what's that? Freddy's a pedophile. Not until the second film. Uh, but yes, uh, before that, uh, well, anyways, yeah. So yeah, there's all sorts of, well, let me, let me uh, re, let me re, let me restate it then. There's, there's, there's a difference between 
the way sex is presented in this movie uh, versus other horror movies where it's like consensual pleasure. Like yes, you're not, that is true. Yeah. It's much more conventional uh, sex that you see in like other slashers. Which kind of makes this, it's like the objects of... It's, I mean, it almost like, I mean, does that make the movie slightly more sophisticated or at least slightly less kind of like conservative and reactionary? If like, okay, yeah, she's killing a pedophile. Like that's a totally different kettle of fish from killing teenagers who are having sex because you are a sexually repressed like virgin male who kills people he's aroused by. (laughs) I think it makes it more interesting, but I Mm -hmm. don't, I also just in general do not buy the the typical yeah. like the, the take that slasher movies of the 80s are mostly reactionary or that there's a conservative like uh, no. ethos underlying them. I think that that's something that feminists of the 90s kind of read back on them. And I think it applies to some. But I I really have just I, I don't watch these movies and I don't see that as this kind of uh, sort of cultural sentiment appearing in all of these movies all of a sudden. I, I think they're they're too different and they're too self-aware and they're too, mm-hmm. um, I mean, honestly, these movies are mostly they're so that you can look at naked people. And so that you can see crazy kills. Like there's, there's, but don't not you think a, that there's, there's not some really element then that's and to like, appeal to teenagers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it does seem like there's some, okay. Like I'm not saying it's like they're de- like, they're devised by Reagan to discourage children from having sex or something. But, but that there's something, and I mean like peeping Tom seems to understand this, that like what, what is one thing that is like compelling about, I guess maybe the slasher genre in particular, like within like the sub genre within horror is like that voyeurism is sort of heightened by the fact that like we're going to the movies to, see people have sex to see titties and all this stuff Um, but then to see those same people get killed (laughs) like it's like i'm cleansing myself of this like pornographic urge at the same time as i am indulging it like possibly again (laughs) i think that's true for some movies and i but i don't think that that's true for i don't know i wouldn't even say a majority of the slashers that i watch from the 80s or the nineties or anything. I think I, but I totally, I totally get what you're saying. And I know that that's like how some people do feel about it. But, but I feel like I've watched enough of these movies where the, the slashers that I prefer are where the characters are likable, but that sounds crazy because it's why do you want to watch people that you like die? But it's like, it's a, it's a, they're survival thriller type of things. Like you want, you don't, some of the movies there's like the really annoying guy that you do want to die or whatever and sometimes you do marvel in uh the ingenuity of a death like just like oh wow i've never seen somebody get impaled by whatever but like i think in general when i watch these movies uh it's you want to see who's gonna like uh what is what's the texas chainsaw massacre who will survive and what will be left of them so Mm -hmm. like how how are they gonna pull this off like this there's like a psycho on the loose uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's scary. Like I'm, I get scared by them and then I want to see how's this person going to survive. And like something that De Palma has pointed out that I've found true. I mean, it's, it's almost like there's the final girl, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, it's almost always like a beautiful woman in peril. And, you know, I guess, I don't know if it's a male thing or if it's a universal thing, but like you, you sympathize more or like you're more sympathetic to, 
this like you know beautiful lady surviving. You want to make her to make it to the end, then necessarily like then like I don't know the guy with a silly mullet and the denim you know short denim shorts. Mm-hmm. Or, not that not that you're like ranking them like that, but I, I think that there's, I think that that particular reading of. And I don't know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I, it's not. It doesn't. We don't even need to dwell on it. But um, I think that particular reading of slasher movies as sort of like, sort of like you know, eliminating these urges or secretly having this kind of social agenda. I really feel like it uh, totally ignores just enjoying them as like watching somebody escape peril. Um, mm-hmm. But but it's it's a valid reading, and I do I do. Well, certainly, like, the creativity of the kills, like, seems to be a big part of it. Which, like, you can't say this movie doesn't have creative kills, I don't think. Which movie? This movie. Oh, yes. No, not particularly. That was one thing I sent you guys before we did it, uh, that the shower scene in this movie, as I was watching it, I just started laughing because it's so bad. Like, it's a knife goes, like, so the girl is taking a shower, (laughs) leaning against the stall wall, and a knife goes in. So you cut back and forth between a knife moving up and down with some blood pouring off of it on the one side of the wall. And then the girl just pinning herself up against mm-hmm. the stall on the other side of the wall, like acting like, Oh, I'm getting stabbed and it's mm-hmm. awful. And so I was like, well, compare that, you know, obviously every time you see a murder in a shower in a film, you think of psycho. Mm-hmm. And so compa- comparing like the, the shower scene in psycho, which has all of these cuts and is so brilliantly put together with this awful uh, shower scene in this film. Like I, I'm, laughing just thinking about it right now and then and then um, and then and then they 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 seem to like they're like congratulating themselves with that shot at the end of the cleaning the knife off just like jesus christ yeah yeah like i guess that was the the blood circling the drain somehow that was so maybe rinsing off the blade so maybe maybe that's where all like the congratulations that would have gone in that last shot they used it up on every Mm -hmm. every kill they thought that was going to be. They thought they, they thought that for. was going to be where the money was at. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> ah, good scene. Good stuff. Um, I had a few other notes, um, but uh, let's see here. So yeah, it's a pretty classic opening for a slasher movie. There's like the the initial trauma that shapes the killer, or at least sets the uh, the events in motion. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Friday the 13th movies. Uh, I love a good summer camp movie, even if nobody dies in it. Um, So I do feel kind of primed to enjoy this movie. But again, the characters are so hostile and unlikable. And there could be good motivation on the part of the filmmakers behind that. Mm -hmm. But I just, I don't personally enjoy this movie the way I do a lot of the old ones uh, or a lot of the other ones. Um, But the guy, I think he's like the camp owner. Um, his name is Mike Kellen, which is very close to my own name. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's the one he's got like, I, I, it's a comb over, possibly a toupee. He's the real old guy. Um, he's also in one called just before dawn, which if you're looking for what I think is a legitimately good slasher movie involving a camp, it's campers. It's not an actual camp summer camp. Uh, but just before dawn is a really good one that I would recommend. Um, what else we got here? The skinny dipping. We talked about that, how he gets so mad so quickly. Um, the blisters all over the cook, uh, or the pedophile chef. That was like, I think as far as gore goes, probably the highlight of the movie. Um, cause it was like, you could kind of feel it. Although, uh, Judy's death, like I, you know, repulsed or whatever at that as well. That was like, you could feel that one. Um, I wrote one note that was just the men's shorts in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, 
the uh, Angela's stare. I think that's another thing. So it's like you don't like any of the characters in the camp. Well, you like so few of the characters in the camp and in the movie in general. And then Angela just stares at people who go talk to her and that bugs the crap out of me. So I don't even really like like her. And I don't I don't know the movie requires that you do. But that was just another thing that like there wasn't a character that I could like get on board with. And like like I was saying, like part of it is like you want to part of the fun is getting on board with at least one character and wanting them to survive and seeing how they do it. But with her and I think, you know, seeing it the second time, I knew that she was the killer. But like she I just was so irritated every time she would just like stare up at the camera or, you know, at the character who was talking to her. And um yeah. So, I've, I've got I've got something. Uh, okay. I don't think that Kit is al- as alone as she thinks she is, because like for whatever it's worth, like this movie does have eighty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and like really nice, yeah, and like a wow. a sixty percent audi- audience score, and like the first review by C H Newell is the blurb is. The big infamous end reveal actually suggests the screenplay is focused on psychological damage inherent in enforcing gender roles on children. Um, The next one by Daniel Barnes is an atypical slasher movie that blurs the lines between high and low art, good and bad acting, male and female, proficiency and ineptitude, sophistication and (laughs) primitivism. Uh, Uh So there's like, there's definitely... Are those those newer reviews or are those contemporary reviews? Oh, I'm sure they're newer. I'm sure okay. that, I'm sure this movie I, has had a huge cultural re- reevaluation. Yeah, I'd be curious the reviews at the time cuz on Wikipedia I think they were Actually, I'm not sure if it was Wikipedia. I've got I've got a uh, handy horror films of the nice. 1980s <laughs> book that has a review. It's uh it's actually a very good book for any of our listeners, John Kenneth Muir. Uh he's done one for the 70s, 80s and the 90s. And so I consulted that when I was reading about this. Um, but if I recall, the contemporary reviews were largely negative, just feeling like that, like, you know, not a very competent film. Uh, but I think some people well, probably in the immortal words of Marty McFly, I guess you guys aren't ready for that yet, but your kids are going to yeah. love it. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've gone through my notes did. Oh, the, uh, the beehive kill. Uh, I do agree with you that that was sort of cut like a comedy. Um, but it also like all of the cabins and all of the interiors in this movie are so gross and dirty. Yeah. And the fact that he was like, I'm going to go take a shit. I'll meet up with you guys in a minute. <laughs> like something about, like, I think it was like, I could smell that scene and it was just like, <laughs> like, like a hot, mm-hmm. humid, stinky cabin, yeah. or, uh, campground, um, <sighs> Jesus bathroom, uh, that so much about this movie is just gross. Like, sure. like from the gory, like the blisters on the cook to the way Judy dies to, I mean, the ending um, and all that stuff. Yeah. So that scene. Yeah, it's it's all off-putting. But like, I can appreciate that a movie is off-putting. So I'm not even saying that as like, this is a failing of the film. Uh, but yes, there's just a lot of gross stuff about uh, oh, oh, the capture the flag scene reminded me. I am almost positive that that's where Wet Hot American Summer gets their long capture the flag scene. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> it possibly meatballs, but I don't remember them playing that. It, but it's just even the way that this is shot reminded me of Wet Hot American Summer. Um, uh, I think that's all I've got. Oh, I had a question. The um, right before the the so at the end scene. The the hunky, the big bulky camp counselor with the short red shorts 
Um, he like looks and he sees like, I think it was the sleeping bags. It was basically like something with cotton balls and blood all over it. Was that, did Angela kill the boys that were in their sleeping bags that were sleeping outside? Yes. What, who was that supposed to, that was okay. I couldn't, I wasn't sure what that was. Um, with that, with the hatchet, the hatchet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they show that they like established the hatchet several times and then they did Friday the 13th come out before this. Yes. Yeah, it was 1980. So there was already like two or three Friday Which the 13th. Which is like, it doesn't someone die in exactly that way in at least one of the Friday the 13th that they're like in a tent I, being hacked up or something? I don't know. In a sleeping bag? I'm yeah. sure that, yeah. But I the only sleeping bag kill I remember from the Friday, Friday the 13th series is in Jason X where he, or maybe I think it's Jason X. He like pushes somebody down into a sleeping bag, which is a very sturdy sleeping bag, and then he picks them up and he starts like <laughs> slamming them against yeah, a tree. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. That's yeah, that's Jason X. So that's like 2000 mm-hmm. something. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's a good kill. Not a good movie, but a good kill. Um, the uh, expression on the cop's face after he goes in and sees Meg dead in the shower, he like comes out with just like a totally the- real mustache. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's what makes him look so dumb. Oh, yeah. But it's also just like the best, like, um, like you can hear the director just off screen being like, it's like, all right, Jim, give me shock and disgust. And it's like a guy who's never acted before in his life, just like just barely managing out like any kind of emotion, not shock or disgust, but just like the slightest surprise. Um, so I thought that was fun. Um, but yes, I believe. Oh, and then also I wrote down the. The final, I think the final words of the film. How can it be? My God, she's a boy. And it's <laughs> like, and it's, you know, contrasted to this like growling kind of werewolfish type of, you know, creature that's standing on the beach uh, does not fit at all. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, I, sorry, I didn't mean to just like go on a tear there, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, did, did either of you guys have any other more points that you would want to discuss or? None for me. Yeah, I read, like I said, I read a lot of things. I I found an interesting article by Carol J. Clover called Her Body Himself that was kind of talking about pornography, horror, and then like, quote unquote, legitimate movies. And Uh in a way seemed to be like, kind of, I don't know. I don't know how to put this, but almost saying like pornography and horror better in a sense than she here this is this this quote made me laugh pornography thus engages directly in pleasurable terms what horror explores at one remove in painful terms and legitimate film at two or more beneath the quote legitimate plot of the graduate in which ben must give up his relationship with his friend with a friend's mother in order to marry and take his proper social place lies the plot of psycho in which norman's unnatural attachment to his own mother drives him to murder women to whom he is attractive and beneath that plot lies the plot of the porn film taboo in which the son simply has sex with his mother and says mom am i better than dad I just like how, how like they each approach like the the true issue like they're they're more increasingly comfortable with like what the you know the primal issue is. I'd like um, to read that. Yeah, she. Let's see if this is interesting. Um, you should watch Taboo and um, okay. Get back to me on that. This also, I thought, like this is this was like the best argument I could find for like why Sleepaway Camp is good. Um, it's from the same article essay. She says. 
It is a rare Hollywood film that that does not devote a passage or two, a car chase, a sex scene, to the emotional slash physical excitement of the audience. But horror and pornography are the only two genres specifically devoted to the arousal of bodily sensation. They exist solely to horrify and stimulate, not always respectively, and their ability to do so is the sole measure of their success. They, quote, prove themselves upon our pulses. Thus, in horror film circles, good means scary, specifically in a bodily way. Ads promise shivers, chills, shudders, tingling of the spine. Lloyds of London ensured audiences of macabre against death by fright. And Hustler's erotic film guide ranks pornographic films according to the degree of erection they produce. One <laughs> film is ranked as a pecker popper, the another limp. The target is in both cases the body, our witnessing body. But what we witness is also the body, another's body in experience, the body in sex and the body in threat. The terms flesh films and meat movies are remarkably apt. Interesting. And I just think the point that like it's good if it's scary. <laughs> like, and this movie is scary, I yeah. think. I think it's it's and it scared like a wide even people who were sitting there thinking it was shitty, like were still like scared by the end. Truly, can you imagine sitting in like just a kind of stinky cheap theater in nineteen eighty three? Going in to see this, thinking you're seeing another <laughs> Friday the 13th, or you're going to watch like The Burning or just one of those like yeah. lower grade non studio slashers, you get all the way through it and then there's that ending. Can you like just on the big screen in front of you? I, I cannot mm-hmm. imagine. It would be so scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, for what it's worth, Carol J. Clover also wrote like a really good, interesting essay about Peeping Tom called The Eye of Horror. Okay. Um, Send send it on. I'd be curious. Yeah, to read I'd, like, okay. I'd like to read these. It's in a. It was in a book, so I just like read it on Google Books, and then just dealt with the fact that the pages were skipped. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> but well, but yeah, it was. It was really. She's very like you know. It's very like Oedipal in her kind of like in her analysis and like. Yeah. It really made me want to watch Peeping Tom again because I have a suspicion that that is just like the perfect film. I'd like to watch <laughs> that again too. It's so good. Speaking of. <laughs> Oh, nice. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just sitting on my desk. Oh, is that region so locked? good. Yes. Okay. Do you have a region free? Uh, I can switch the region on my PlayStation, but I can only okay. do it a couple, a, a certain number of times. Okay. So I haven't done it yet, but I will. Yeah. Um, I got a region locked version of the cooler, which I have not been able to watch yet, but I'm hoping eventually to get a The cooler, the um, William H. Macy movie? Wayne Kramer, yeah. baby. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I really like that movie. Yeah, Actually, we great. just I talked about that at the top of the podcast. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't, if somebody asked me to watch this with them again, I would not object. It's not my favorite. I mean, it's, I don't think it's a particularly good movie, but in talking about it, I do feel like I can totally see how, how you feel. It's a secret success and I can see Mm -hmm. that there's like stuff there for people to appreciate. Sure. It's just not, not quite my bag, but, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So should we, uh, Tom Cruise minute? Let's do it, baby. All right. I could not think of anything in this film that made me think of Tom Cruise in any way, shape, or form. I think the shorts. The shorts? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so he which outfit would you like to see him in? Sometimes. Yeah. Like in Risky Business. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And he kind of wore unflattering short shorts and cocktail. Yeah. What's the shittiest movie we've watched? And is it Cocktail. I think it's, Hollywood no. Nights would get my vote. Hollywood yeah, Nights, Hollywood Nights right. is worse. Let me look if at the list. Not for Hollywood Nights, would it be Cocktail? Yeah, Andrew probably. probably say Cocktail's this. really bad. So you think co- this is better than Cocktail? Uh, let me look at the list. 
I'm asking what? Andrew. I know you are, oh. and I'm trying <laughs> to, to decide. Excuse me. <laughs> I mean, they're both bad for their own Mike, set of. Would, re- I think Cock- would... Cocktail thinks it's a better movie than this does, mm-hmm. so maybe Cocktail yes. is more offensive in that way. Cocktail also has a degree of competency that this movie doesn't have. But there's no reason to ever watch Cocktail again. Elizabeth and there is Shue a reason to watch this again. Is in Cocktail, so that's nice. Yeah, he's got that for. Yeah, maybe you're right. So maybe there's maybe the the difference between this and Cocktail is that there's at least a reason to watch this twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or three think, or four or five times if you're me. I think yeah. you appreciate it more on the second viewing than you could on the first viewing. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I did. I think I picked up on a lot more of the possibly intentional themes of like <laughs> homoeroticism and stuff than I did yeah. the first time I watched it. You know, I watched another movie. I talked to you guys about um, The Ninth Configuration I watched last weekend. Yeah. And all week I've been thinking about that and thinking like I need to watch that again because like a scene from earlier in the movie will pop up and like a later revelation in the movie I think it make would make it make more sense. I don't know. I like movies like that, but I don't, you know, uh, I don't have that much time to watch a movie twice. I barely have time to watch a movie. Oh, that's not true. I have lots of time, but, uh, but it's as just, the, it seems like it would be rare that like a horror movie that scared the shit out of you would continue to scare the shit out of you. Like every time you watch it, which this does. Yeah, that's true. Like that's even knowing the movie. twist ending, like I knew the twist ending before I watched it the first time. So and it's still like hearing people describe it scared me and made me go, I got to watch this. <sighs> and then I watched it and it scared the shit out of me. And then I watched it this time and it scared the shit out. Like it always is. Sometimes I'll just be going to sleep and think about that image. <laughs> I know why so, you're not sleeping. <laughs> yeah. It's really frightening. And it's weird because I see, I, you know, I see people describe it as like, you know, the, the final image is like someone said, like it is like undoubtedly or inarguably transphobic. And I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> like, hey, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> nothing is inarguable. That's exactly. That's <laughs> definitely true. But it's like, because like what's, I don't, I mean, what's the penis? Like I said, the penis is not what's scary. Like to me, like the, it's like, a very effective, like primal expression of pain. That's what's like frightening yeah. is how the sound and the look and the, yeah, the inhumanity right. is also like a profound humanity of like seeing just like this, especially this like very quiet little girl who's been so like restrained the whole film and clearly holding something in. And then when you see it come out, it's just, it's sadness and pain and horror, but it's not like, Oh my God, she has a dick. Like that's not it at right. all. And right. I, I just kind oh of God. doubt that that's how any, it's hard for me to see anyone watching it that way. Like anyone would, who's scared by it. <laughs> I would love for somebody to have yelled that out in the theater back in the day. Like when it was first, like, Oh my God, she has a dick. <laughs> um. I mean, that's not, that's not to say that the penis isn't like part of it, I suppose, or like the weird that the body is of a boy and like, you know, yeah. or a man, I don't know. Um, well, and I think, I think it's, it's as far as comparing it to something horrific, not in terms of the actual quality of the film, uh, but it's a tragic type of horror, like with Frankenstein where yes. this, this creature has been driven to this, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to kill or tell, you know, misunderstood and, you know, yeah. mangled by society. So but you feel deeply, deeply sad for her. Yeah. I it's a weird, it's him. a weird brush of emotion. And it's also yeah. like, 
the sound. The sound horrifying. Is very strange. But uh, I was looking through our list, though. I think my least. So the Super Mario Brothers movie, I think, was one of the worst movies we watched. Yeah, I think uh, I really I didn't get that into Truly Madly Deeply, but I don't think it was a bad movie. I think Hollywood Nights or Super Mario's would be my. The worst yeah. ones we've watched so far. I don't I would think not anything can beat Hollywood Nights. What's but that? I don't think anything can beat Hollywood Nights. It's pretty bad. But I really yeah. hated Super Mario Brothers. And the experience of watching it was horrible because I was like trying to watch it at work. And then I couldn't find half of the movie. And then I was right. walking home watching it on my phone at night in the snow. Like so Hollywood Nights was like also impossible to actually talk about. So yes. like that's that's the other thing. It's like we we've been able to have conversations about every one of these other bad movies, but Hollywood yeah. Nights was just, I mean, we spent, I sent the episode to you guys last week. We spent most of the episode talking about other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's still like an hour and 45 minute episode. <laughs> I know. I'll probably cut it further, but. <laughs> Is it really that but long? We talk about it's, the movie it's not like that long, minutes. but it's, it's long. Okay. okay. Anyways, thank you for joining us. Tonight, well, hang folks. on a second, buddy. You let her have, you let, you let, you guys got to have your cruise minute. Oh, I didn't. I forgot we were doing cruise minutes. Uh, Andrew, uh, do you have a cruise minute? Yeah, I've got two. One, this is we're 15 years now from when uh, Tom Cruise clashed with Matt Lauer on today. And you know what? Guess who's left standing? Matt Lauer. (laughs) That's a really good point. That is a really, really good point. I guess psychiatric drugs are bad. I agree. But uh, anyway, um, on a nicer side, Tom Cruise just. it's uh, I've got this article that says uh, Tom Cruise looks every inch the action man as he lands a helicopter at a London helipad preparing for Mission Impossible 7 uh, filming. And he looks real cool in his face mask. Nice. He's Can got you post yes, I a will. picture. He's got his aviators on and he's wearing a face mask and he's got like, you know, nicely. He's just uh, he's looking like he looks like a real badass. I think he <laughs> would be a good Dr. Frankenstein. Maybe that would have saved the universe. Versiverse. Oh, yeah. yeah, that would be good. Why, did, why didn't we ever call it the Universiverse? Yeah, great universe question. <laughs> great the question. Universe-verse. That would have been say. so much. I mean, maybe it would be Universal Verse. Universal Verse. That rules. God, I'm, they should have. They should really run things by me. <sighs> I agree. Thank you for That's joining so us better. tonight, folks. But wait, Mike. What are we going to talk about next week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, join us next week when we'll be talking about Vampire's Kiss. Um. On kids continuing, what's that? Have you guys seen it? No, I never have. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's the Nicholas Cage one, right? Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. So yeah, join us next <laughs> You're week. Gonna be mad at me. And uh, slow motion triple feature was recorded in the cool basement of an abandoned billiard hall in Iowa. Special thanks to our producer Lee, the man in the booth who makes us sound great and decides who lives and who dies. If you'd like to contact us, please do so at slowmotiontriple at gmail dot com. Corn. Let's do it,